0: Hello and welcome to Logical, wherever in the world you're listening. This is the regular weekly podcast from the Dubai-based law firm, HPL, Yamalova and Pleska. And it's still the Gulf region's first and only legal podcast. I'm Tim Elliott. I'm here at the firm's offices on the 18th floor of Reef Tower in Jamiro Lakes Towers. The managing partner is Ludmilla Yamalava. Nice to see you.
1: Well, great to see you as well. And thanks for being back.
0: Now, Logical is a weekly opportunity to consider legal questions, particular to the United Arab Emirates. You can always get in contact with us for legal answers. The best way to find us is lylawyers.com. And in this edition, travel bans. Now, Ludmilla, it's probably reasonable, or even fair to say, that most residents of the UAE have heard of a travel ban being put in place upon an individual. It's also reasonable to state that most of us don't really understand uh, the ins and outs of what bans on travel actually are. So let's start there. What is a travel ban?
1: Well, in the simplest of terms, travel ban is 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 a record on the government system regarding particular emplo- a, a particular person's ability to leave the country uh, or come into the country right um so it's a prohibition from basically i uh, ultimately leaving the country uh so though there are certain kinds of travel bans that also disallow someone to enter the country uh so it's it's but it's it's a different type of travel ban okay. uh, so that's in simplest terms. Right. Uh, now, with regards to what triggers a travel ban, uh, and in the simplest ter- of terms, once again, it really relates to a criminal uh, matter or criminal case or
0: allegation. Right. An unfinished criminal case or allegation.
1: Correct. So it does not necessarily have to be a final judgment. It right. could just be an allegation.
0: Okay, and an allegation of what? You said something that I didn't like, therefore I have complained?
1: For example, right. let's say I, using that same example, I said something that you consider to be defamatory or offensive to you, mm-hmm. and you go to the police and you report me to the police on the basis that perhaps I sent you a WhatsApp message that offended you. And uh, under the UAE laws, that uh, could, and I use this to highlight the word could, constitute uh, defamation, which under the UAE laws is a criminal offense. Now, you've made that allegation, and the police has called me in to take my statement. And in your that particular case, because let's say the WhatsApp message was pretty expressly, expressed uh, pretty clear about the defamatory nature. So there isn't really anything subjective about it. Uh, or subject to interpretation, and so therefore, the police says, yes, well, that's certainly defamatory, and we're going to, and then under the UAE, this is a criminal offence, therefore, we're going to send this to prosecution. So, at that point in time, once they perhaps decide, because, let but it really, might, some of it depends, or a lot of it depends on the gravity of the offence, but let's say that particular statement that I made somehow affected your business, and it was something very serious. And, uh, and in, in, at that point in time, the police decided this serious enough for them to, um, to not only just transfer to prosecution, but to classify this particular offense as serious, whatever the, sort of the appropriate legal uh, allegation uh, it may translate into. And so on that basis, the police can now place me on the travel ban and that happens in different ways. It, they can either just request that I deposit my passport with the police mm-hmm. and voila, you have a, a, an inability to travel. Right. Or, and this has been stated in the past, uh, and we have yet to see how this um, works out in the future, uh, they, the police can update government systems which will allow you to keep your passport. But ultimately, if you want to travel... You, Because you have been placed on this travel ban list, you cannot travel, you cannot exit the country, even though you have physical possession of the passport. And that's, um, the, that's the development that was not so long ago introduced, um, that in lieu of taking people's passports, now the authorities will just update their own internal systems and we'll notify a particular person whether they are um, that there is a travel ban against them or not. But that's a newer system, and uh, we have yet to see it kind of play out in practice. But for, for the time being, when we talk about travel ban, in most cases, it's because you are physically are required to hand over your passport to the authorities.
0: Well, let's consider the latter case, that the system's been updated and you are still in possession of your own passport. How can you find out if a travel ban is in place because your passport is with you you wouldn't necessarily know. Is there a notification system? Can you check?
1: In theory, and as, as per this um, la- latest decree, there is supposed to be a notification, but in currently, if you did want to check that, you can approach the immigration authorities and find out whether there is a, a travel ban on your immigration file. Right. Um, so it is possible to do, and it's, that information is fairly accessible as long as you are the one that's inquiring that information or someone that has official authority to act on your behalf so in other words somebody under the power of attorney
0: okay and how much do we know of the the process of the imposition of a travel ban
1: well at this point not very much because the idea here is let me just classify perhaps in two major classifications or categories Mm. so a travel ban can be placed when, for example, there is an allegation of some criminal offense, allegation, and I highlight the word allegation. So it's just the beginning of the process. And uh, so there's one kind of process that with regards to the deposition the, the of passport and, and uh, so the travel ban that's at play in that scenario. And the other one is when there's a final court judgment and the person has now been uh, convicted mm. and so uh, that's that's a different process that works in that particular scenario um, so let's uh, start with an easier one and that is um, there is a, a final court judgment and the person has been uh, charged guilty and as part of the judgment the um, and the court will issue whatever the penalties, appropriate penalties that are attached to the judgment, and it would be in criminal cases could either be a fine, or it could be a fine and imprisonment, or it could be a fine imprisonment and deportation. And in most cases, when there is a a serious offense, there is a jail sentence plus deportation. So, but once that judgment is made, the person ultimately is being held in detention. And once the person is in detention, so their passport is part of the process. We know that um, usually kind of early on the process, the passport is, uh, is deposited with the police and it resides with the police and stays with the police until basically um, you either have been acquitted or you're being put on the plane and sent away. Um, so that's with regards to the final judgments. Now, what's more more, uh, challenging and where we don't really have visibility to what goes into the process or the decision of of requesting a person to deposit their passport is in cases of allegations so versus final judgment so when someone for example let's go back to your scenario of a, def- a defamatory case mm. so you have made allegations that I uh, that I defamed you But it it may be, in that particular case, we we slightly vary your scenario. And the statements I wrote on my WhatsApp message, perhaps, are not so clearly defamatory and more subjective. Uh, So who is the ultimate arbiter to decide whether it's defamation or not? So if it's something very clearly defamatory, you could see how the police could, would act differently. But if it's something a little more subjective, ultimately may just, it's really only the judge can decide whether a certain word is defamatory or not. So in that case, uh, we don't really know what factors are used by the authorities to decide which one of these allegations the position of a passport and which ones do not. So let's say if it's something serious and theft, let's use uh, or allegation of theft mm. and uh, uh, allegation of serious theft. We're not talking about you know, I, I don't know uh, a box of uh, mangoes, uh, but for example, <laughs> some uh, uh, more serious uh, amount of money that's being that's being stolen. Then in that particular case, uh, the police may decide, okay, this is serious enough. And so we do not want this person to travel because ultimately there is a uh, there is a risk of uh, this person wanting to exit the country quickly uh, to 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 basically take that money out of the country. So an so
0: assumption is made as to whether a person has a flight risk. We're or not.
1: speculating. I mean that these right. are the factors. So we don't have visibility to the, the the factors that are used, but we're just speculating using sort of kind of the logical assumptions that that would be one factor uh, that would uh, would lead the police to request. Uh, that the, the passport is deposited with the authorities. Right. But something where perhaps it's more of a innocuous or a subjective statement that they made against you that you now claim to be a defamatory, the police may say it's not serious enough. They may still want to send the case further down the road to the prosecution and ultimately the court, but it's not serious enough for them to warrant uh, requesting that I hand over my passport. So those, those are the factors that we can speculate or are, are being considered in deciding which, um, which circumstances warrant uh, physical, so handle a passport and which ones do not. But that's, um, that's really sort of more speculative and the, the police you know, or the authorities don't share the specific guidelines or, uh, or a list of factors, requirements to look at in making that determination.
0: Okay, but travel bans do happen. How uh, do you get a travel ban removed in that case? What is the procedure other than going through the system?
1: Sure, and, and that's where it depends on the underlying offense or allegation. So let's use a simpler, the simplest example is a check, a bounce check. Yeah. So these, the, the, these days and age a check that is for, that is for the value of over 200,000 dirhams is a criminal offense. Anything below it is not. Now if I bounce a check for 150,000 dirhams, you can no longer file a case against me with the police. If I bounce a check for 250,000 dirhams, then it is criminal. So I bounce that check and now you with that you have proof that that check was a dishonored. you go with that proof to the police and you file a case against me, a criminal case for that. Now, as part of it, the police almost uh, instantly will add uh, the, my name to the uh, to the travel ban list, uh, and so and then they call me in, and in most cases, I'll be required to deposit the passport unless the new system is used. But in any event, we have seen many cases like this where, even without the passport, the person can no longer leave the country because they are now on that. And the, the travel ban list. Mm. But that's, remember, it's over the allegation of a bounced check. So now I come to the police and I bring the 250,000 dirhams to pay off that debt. So in that case, uh, that, uh, it's a fairly easy resolution of the issue, because once I pay you the money, the police basically in the same instance can update the records and uh, remove my name off the, the, the ban list, the travel ban list. So in that case, the travel ban gets lifted very, very quickly in relative terms. Mm. Now, if it is an allegation of let's say, um, of, of defamation, that's serious, or something a little more serious assault. Uh, or kidnapping or serious theft uh, things of that nature in most cases well first of all you could you could actually offer somebody else's passport in lieu of yours kind of as a guarantee but the authorities don't always uh, allow for that Uh, but in most cases so in a way that also acts as a lift in, in in some terms a lift of a ban at least uh, at least you have your physical uh, possession of the passport so you can leave the country but there's somebody else who is acting as your guarantee
0: and um, that person can then not leave the country indeed yes
1: right. and we have had cases where these kind of arrangements were made and the, the person who had left uh, the country never came back mm. <laughs> so the guarantor was uh, stuck here uh, so quite unfortunate
0: and that person is then no longer able to travel.
1: Correct. Now, there are a few other examples of a travel ban uh, that might be issued for someone, for example, who had absconded from the country. Right. Uh, so, and it depends on the type of abscondment. We have seen cases where, for example, an employer files abscondment cases against um, their employee. And as part of this, the, the, the person has been placed on the travel ban list. However, depending on the type of besconment, employers, and we have done this before as well, have the right to lift, if they settle the matter, the besconment matter, they have the right to appeal to the authorities or to allow authorities, so to speak, to remove that person from uh, from a travel, travel ban list or from blacklist. Um, There could also be issues related to immigration, so any violations of immigration laws could also result in the travel ban. And usually in connection with any immigration offenses, there is a a fine or a penalty that needs to be paid to the authorities and depending on the offense, uh, it could just be a matter of fine and then the lift is banned uh, or uh, the travel uh, travel ban is lifted uh, or, it could be permanently uh, permanently fixed to one's record because a violation of immigration laws often leads to deportation. And once a person has been placed on deportation list, uh, it's almost impossible to lift that travel ban for them to ever be allowed to enter the country.
0: I was gonna ask that because how does, having had a travel ban in the past, Affect your you from a criminal record perspective. If you've had a travel ban lifted, does that appear as a, a criminal dep- activity?
1: It, yeah, it depends on, on the underlying offense or allegation so right. if it's a bounce check no because once the check is paid then there is no more the criminal debt the debt has been yes the right. debt has been paid and usually the debt is the check so once that has been paid but you're right if for example there's a, a, an unpaid judgment once you've paid the judgment then in most cases that just that does not stay on your record um, however it's something more serious then it will appear on your record uh, so and, and then but in cases for example where your 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 someone's name appears on the travel ban list because of the allegation of a criminal case. So the person may not be able to leave the country for as long as the investigation and the court proceedings are ongoing. But ultimately, the court may deem the person not to be guilty, and therefore, and that with at that point in time, then the travel ban gets lifted. I mean, I guess with fairly quickly. So for example, we had a case where. Uh, there was a dispute between kind of an employment context between two partners and one partner alleged that the other partner had stolen certain confidential information and it was in a different emirate and on the back of that they were able to file a criminal case and in that in that particular emirate the police had requested uh, that the person deposits their passport passport with the authorities and the, as and the court process went on for about a year And ultimately, the judge held that there was no guilt. The person was acquitted 100%. Mm. But in the meantime, while the investigations and the court proceedings were ongoing, they didn't have the the freedom to leave the country. But at the end, uh, once the judgment was issued and um, the person was acquitted, uh, then obviously that's when the travel ban gets lifted.
0: So the travel ban is effectively a method through which the legal system can can look for a legal resolution. It's a tool, isn't
1: it? Well, for sure, and in the past, this tool was even more effective because not so long ago, the, for example, the, the use of checks, of posated checks and checks as guarantees was a very commonly used tool. And people would secure their all sorts of obligations by virtue of these checks. For example, you would take a bank loan, or a car loan, or a personal loan, or credit card loan, what have you, or mortgage. And so you would take the benefit of that money and then get on a plane and leave. So it was just all too easy for a lot of people because, for, especially for those who are, who are not citizens of this country, they always have a place to go somewhere else. And so, in a way, the um, perhaps the criminality of, of bounce checks at the time was um, heavily relied on because of that because there were too many people there were too uh, eager and too easily ready to get on the plane and leave and and, and leave their financial obligations behind um, so thats so that's one two is in many in many cases also people use that um, the bound the checks deposit uh, checks as guarantee um, so that they have that kind of leverage to be able to encourage somebody to to comply with their side of, um, of the agreement. And we see this a lot in commercial transactions, for example, in trading. If you're providing goods to someone, you've provided the goods, but you still haven't received the payment. Mm. So checks are often used as guarantees, uh, again, for as you said, for reasons of um, ensuring that parties actually do abide by their obligations, or at least as leverage to make sure that parties uh, comply with uh, their obligations. So, yes, so it's it's a tool. It's a tool that has, in commercial transaction, has worked and worked effectively. Uh, but um, it's also a tool that uh, needs to be evolved, uh, e- evolved, and it has been evolving. And the country and its legislative uh, developments have been evolving along with it. So, such as in the case of bounced checks, anything below 200,000 dirhams is no longer criminal. Whereas before, even a 5,000 dirham check was considered criminal, and the person would then lose the ability to, to travel and the freedom uh, just because of, of that check.
0: And if you consider the way that the UAE has evolved, and this is kind of in the interest of balance, really, it is a to a great extent even these days a transient as an expatriate society. You can understand why these... Um, checks and balances if you like and these methods have been put into place why they are employed
1: well after having been in this country for a number of years yes i understand it much more so than i did uh, when i when I came here first, because at that time it just seemed a little disproportionate, but mm. having been here long enough and seeing the very same things that you just mentioned, which is people come and go and and um, often people come here sort of expecting the high life and living uh, large uh, and getting themselves into serious debts and 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 um, but you know enjoying the sort of the luxury the luxurious things and or uh, parts of life such as buying themselves very expensive cars with car loans mm. um, and then realizing or either losing their job shortly thereafter or realizing they cannot afford those uh, obligations getting a plane and, and leaving uh, um, there have been way too many examples like that so it's it's presumably some with with that in mind and at least to uh, to encourage people to be more responsible about their uh, their choices in life and particular about borrowing money Uh, and from the local authorities and parties here, uh, that these um, practices were introduced.
0: Ludmilla Yamalava is the managing partner of Dubai-based Yamalava and Pleska, as ever, Ludmilla. A huge thank you for your time.
1: And thank you very much to you, as always, an engaging discussion.
0: That's another edition of Logical. For obvious reasons, we just can't cover every aspect of the UAE's legal framework in each episode. But if there's a legal conundrum you'd like answered, you can get in touch very easily via lylawyers.com or via any of our social channels, and we'll try to answer questions in a future episode of Logical. If you'd like a legal consultation, lylawyers.com is the best place to start. Just hit Contact.